When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep, yep, yep. It's Optimism Wednesday. We love Optimism Wednesday because we like being positive. Look, the Colts have given Indianapolis reason to be positive about them. Jeff Saturday taking over for Frank Reich has elevated the mood of this city and of that team. Can they beat the Eagles who are 8-1 and one this Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. We're going to talk about it. And what needs to happen in order for the Colts to get that done? That's the optimism part. We can be pessimistic other days. But on Wednesday, we are nothing but optimistic. So we're going to talk just about the things that need to happen for the Colts to get this win. And Matt Ryan being clean is absolutely one of them. We're also optimistic about the Indiana Pacers. Pacers? They got a four-game stretch. They're six and six right now. Four-game stretch through next Monday, where they can raise some hell, get some wins, and get that record to ten and six. We'll see if they can do it. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year. They look pretty damn good. Last night was a terrific night for basketball in Central Indiana. We'll tell you why. And it was a really good night in the NBA. We'll tell you why. That was excellent last night. It was just a great sports night the whole way around. This is Breakfast with Ken for Wednesday, November 16th. We're already halfway through November. Excellent. 2022 brought to you by the great people at BUSR. Go to BUSR.com slash Kent. Make an initial deposit, and the people at BUSR will match it in free play up to $2,500 at a rate of 150%, by the way. So it's not dollar for dollar. It's a buck fifty per dollar. How about that? All right, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the, uh, the bell so you get a, a little ding-ding every time that we, uh, we go live. And if you want to make a donation, you can do that too. And if you want to make a donation, I'll see your question or your comment and we will absolutely get to it. Uh, it couldn't be more appreciative of the people who do that. All right. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, what needs to happen. And we're going to talk about the Colts and Lucas Oil Stadium and one failing of that building, if you want to call it that. Colts, in order to win Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, Matt Ryan has got to be clean. You cannot throw picks. You cannot put the ball on the ground against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are going to do Isaiah, thank you. Uh, showed us the way Washington showed the way to win, control the clock. It, it's not quite that simple. Yes, controlling the clock would be good. Controlling the clock is also exceptionally difficult because you have to move the chains. You can't just go get chunk plays and score. 
So controlling the clock is difficult and it requires, I think to an extent, the acquiescence of the Philadelphia Eagles, whose defense is stout. They cause turnovers. They go get sacks. That defensive front is really, really good. And and the thing that they are going to try to do is pour people over the top of Will Fries at right guard. They're going to come through there just like the Patriots did. The Patriots attacked Matt Pryor, and then they attacked Will Fries. They're going to try to pour people over the top of him in order to get to Matt Ryan. It's just what they do, and they got a defensive front in order to be able to do it. You have got to get Jonathan Taylor rolling against the Eagles' run defense. He's due for a double biscuit, right? Due for two hunch. Let's go Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a guy who last year averaged, what, five and a half yards a carry, right? The Eagles give up 5.2 yards per carry, at least they did before the Washington game. I haven't checked the updated statistics, but it's probably right around there. 5.2 yards per rush. You can beat them on the ground. Through the air, it's a little bit more difficult. Through the air, they go get the football at a really high level. So beating them on the ground is key, and the Colts are really good at that. They still have a good running game, and you saw it against the uh, against the Raiders as JT went to the house. Uh, Will Fries has got to be able to uh, block Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave, and we saw it Monday night, is an absolute beast. Uh, Bernard Ryman has to have his way with Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn not getting a whole bunch of snaps, but when he's on the field, he can be really disruptive. Last year for the Bears, a whole lot of sacks. He is still a guy, he's a guy who drafted by the Rams way back more than 10 years ago. And a guy you have to be able to account for every single snap. The Eagles went and got Robert Quinn to kind of be that last thing, that last tool that they needed to make a Super Bowl run. Colts are going to have to account for uh, Bob Quinn. Stephon Gilmore, he's got to limit touches of A.J. Brown. I hate A.J. Brown. It was a long time. We watched A.J. Brown twice a year with the Titans come into town and go down to Nashville and dink, 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 dink. Ryan Tannehill is just hitting A.J. Brown like they're playing catch. Can't have that this Sunday. Stephon Gilmore, uh, Gus Bradley spoke to the media yesterday, the defensive coordinator for the Colts, and talked about deploying Stephon Gilmore in different ways. This past weekend against Adams, it wasn't always Gilmore on Adams. They sometimes they stick him to a side, sometimes they stick him to a man, sometimes they vary it a little bit. They varied it a little bit against Vegas. This Sunday, do you, do you put him on Smith? Do you put him on Brown? I think you put him on Brown, and you you dare the Eagles to throw in Stephon Gilmore's direction. EJ Speed is a really, really interesting guy. He is fast, as his name connotes. He has got to be, he is a, a terrific candidate to be a spy for Jalen Hurts as they run their RPOs. Jalen Hurts is a danger to move the sticks all the time. You don't want them to play ball control, right? If you're trying to control the clock, they can't control the clock. You need Jalen Hurts to be controlled to the extent that you can. EJ Speed might just be the guy to do that. Paris Campbell, I'd like to see him score another touchdown. Paris has got three TDs in the last five games, including one against the Raiders that was huge. See, the, the thing with Paris Campbell that's really interesting, and I think that the thing that's caused his, um, you know, kind of proclivity for injury has been 
his, I'm not going to say recklessness, but his desire for contact. And he's really good at that. He's not just a fast guy. He's a guy who can create contact and run through contact. So that puts him in line to get injured from time to time because contact is what causes injuries. Go figure. Paris, he can move fast and he can move strong. And you saw it in the touchdown, the run after the catch against the Raiders. After that, scintillating Matt Ryan, 39-yard scamper. Uh, I hope Jelani Woods is back. I think Jelani Woods is key for, for the Colts and their red zone success. He, he provides matchup problems for a defense. He is big, giant big. And by the way, prayers for uh, Jelani Woods, who played at Virginia last year. And uh, the Virginia horror, uh, I'm, I'm sure, has uh, uh, affected Jelani Woods deeply. Hopefully, he's able to be back on the field this season, or this, uh, this week. I want nothing but makes for Chase McLaughlin. Put the ball through the pipes. Don't hit the upright. How many times have we seen Colts kickers, whether it's Blankenship or McLaughlin, hit an upright? What are the odds of this? Put it through. Or if you're going to miss, shank the damn thing so there's no drama. But don't shank it. Put it through, straight through, again, so there's no drama. We like it straight, you know, that the support, right? The thing, right in the, right in the middle. Put it right over that so we don't have a heart attack every time you kick. We don't want to have a heart attack. Uh, Quitty Payback, I don't think he's going to be back. But we'd like to see him back. If he can't be back, we'd like to see Dio Odangbo really develop and mature and come of age quickly now. Because there's no Taekwon Lewis. He tore his, uh, his meniscus, I think. Something. And uh, something is torn in the knee network, and that's not good. So he isn't going to play again this year. Dai Odangbo has been playing pretty well. Quiddy Pay's got the high ankle. High ankles are tough to come back from. We'll see if he can get on the field this week. Uh, the way Gus Bradley was talking yesterday, it doesn't seem likely. But Dio has got to play well. Uh, short week for the Eagles. Short prep. Hopefully short performance. That would be nice. It wasn't just the Commanders who went out and beat the Eagles last week in Philadelphia. It was the Eagles who didn't play too terribly well. The Eagles caused their own demise. We'd like to see that happen again this week. The scheduling gods favor the Colts with the Eagles having a short week. They got to travel on Saturday, so this is not an ideal situation for Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. And we'd really like to see Yannick Ngakwe play worth a damn one week. You know, usually he gets between 8 and 12 sacks every year. And usually he's got a game or two where he gets three. We need him to get three this week. That'd be really, really good. And he can do it against a guy like Jalen Hurts. He's got to hold, contain, but then go get him. We'll see if he can do that. Uh, you know what? I want to see Kiki Cutie take a uh, punt to the house. Got a house, a uh, punt return. That's what they got to do. Lucas Oil Stadium. People are complaining about what is called slit film turf. Slit film turf is employed by seven teams, six stadiums. Uh, one, and stadia is the proper term, but, term, but I say stadia 
or stadiums because that, what are we like English perfectionists? MetLife in New York has it for both the Jets and the Giants. So seven teams have this slit film turf. There is evidence that shows that the odds of getting injured on slit film turf a little bit higher uh, for players. So people are talking about it. The NFLPA wants the NFL to ban slit film turf. It's not going to be natural grass at Lucas Oil Stadium. There's electronics under, under that artificial turf. There's no drainage. You cannot water in there. And there's no pallet to run it out. And, and the, the city of Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts, are not going to pay for that system. There's no way to convey the field out into that south lot. You can't do it physically. There's no, like, garage door that allows for it. So maybe you can replace the artificial turf with something, uh, but natural grass is a non-starter unless that building undergoes a really significant uh, renovation that would be crazy expensive. Uh, what a night last night. College basketball at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. He had the Champions Classic. So the first game was the best game. And, and because it went two overtimes, maybe it didn't even stay up to watch Duke and Kansas, which is fine. Because the first game, Kentucky and Michigan State absolutely delivered. Look, I'm not in love with Michigan State, but anybody playing against Kentucky has my full endorsement. And that endorsement paid dividends last night as Michigan State won in double overtime. And more importantly, Kentucky lost in double overtime, 86-77. And in, in his typical sanctimonious way in the postgame presser, John Calipari accepted responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he can't win with me. Uh, the Clippers lost to the Mavs last night, which we love because Paul George with the Clippers. You know, here's how ESPN does stuff. This morning, on this morning's uh, Sports Center, what do they show? They show Paul George hitting a three. It was the only three he hit all game. What they didn't show, ten turnovers. Ten double-digit turnovers. He had a double-double, but the one double, not the double you want, turnovers. So the Clips lose 103 101, fantastic. How about the Kings beating the Nets 153-121? Sabonis with 17. Trey Lyles from Tech High School with 12 last night. Nice. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU, the top four in the college football playoff rankings. However, 10 days from today, Ohio State and Michigan will battle, and one is not going to survive. Uh, the Hoosiers? They are plus 10.5 at Michigan State, just three days away from that game. The basketball Hoosiers, they play against Xavier Friday night. They are plus 300 on BUSR to win the Big Ten. Pacers tonight in Charlotte, 7 o'clock. Uh, they play Houston Friday. Then they've got two against the Magic at Gainbridge Fieldhouse Saturday and Monday. Sweep all four, and all of a sudden you're 10-6. and six. And that could easily happen. The combined record of those teams, including the Magic twice, 14 and 43. Pacers should get fat on wins this weekend, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Purdue last night, winners over Marquette, 75-70. How about Braden Smith of Westfield? As a freshman, goes, uh, goes up against the Golden Eagles and gets 20. 
Zach Eady, 20 also. He had 20 and 13. Purdue down by uh, down 60-54 at the eight-minute mark. They go on a 17-2 a run. That carries the day. Boiler up. I don't even know how to say it. Boiler up. Boiler up. I, I don't know. It doesn't come naturally to me. I spent six years on Indiana's campus. What do you want me to do? Uh, let's celebrate some birthdays on this beautiful Wednesday. Scott Clemmy, happy birthday. Christy Cundiff, happy birthday. Tommy Richards, celebrating a birthday. Mark Holland, happy birthday. Rob Roof, uh, Gloria Walsh, Ryan Kingham, and Rodney Marshall, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other. Don't pull each other. we got enough crap in our lives pulling us down. You know what? We're all going to die. That pulls us down every day, right? We don't like to think about that. We like to smile. Smile through life. Don't look for stuff to be ang angry about. Look for stuff to smile at. And more importantly, help other people smile a little bit. We'll talk to you later today inside Indiana Sports Now at 4 o'clock. Cannot wait to talk to you then. If you prefer to listen to the audio podcast, you can. That's available on Spotify and Apple and everywhere you find podcasts.